Welcome to the Beach Grove United Methodist Church podcast, where you can hear our Sunday morning sermons in audio form and take them wherever you go. This week, we are continuing in our worship series, Members of the Body, and we are diving today into the first part of 1 Corinthians 12 and talking about knowing ourselves, what it means to know ourselves, unpack who we are. So join us as we start by talking about community, by talking Talking about who we are. A reminder that our services are available in their entirety on our YouTube channel, which is linked in the podcast notes. And we would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast so that new sermons come into your feed as soon as they are available. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And if you are feeling really generous, we would love it if you would leave us a rating and review that helps us to grow our audience. And lastly, find us on Facebook and Instagram to follow along with all the fun things happening at Beach Grove, whether you live in Suffolk or not. We hope you enjoy this week's message, and please don't forget to share it with others. Our reading today is in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, beginning with verse 1 through 11, about spiritual gifts. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, Paul writes, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were enticed and led astray to idols that could not speak. Therefore, I want you to know, to understand, that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, let Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in every one. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the discernment of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit who allots to each one individually, just as the Spirit chooses. This is the word of God for the children of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each one of our hearts be holy and pleasing to you, that through your word for us this day we would continue to learn about community with one another, and with creation. In your son's name we pray. Amen. I invite you to take out your notes page there as we get our time started today. You do have the entirety of the scripture that was read this morning, as well as always just some some notes that I picked out of uh, the the sermon uh, that I 
found important from what I'm preaching, but also you may find other points that stick out to you. And so I encourage you, grab a a pencil from the pew or a pen that you may have brought with you or uh, pull something out if you are at home. You know, last week we began this, this series on community. And I've set to talk about community as we prepare to have a more in-depth discussion in February to move in and to announce and to unpack and to dive into the vision that we discern from God for this congregation. But I wanted to start with community, as I mentioned last week, because when we gathered in that uh, discernment process, when we gathered together to begin to put together that vision statement, there was that one word, community that stuck out over and over again, written in in many different ways. It wasn't just in the word community, but it was written in so many different ways. Because as Christians, we are called to exist, to live within, to be a part of, to participate in community. And not just in any one community. We're not just called to the community of this congregation, but to all different manners and facets of community. Whether that is your church community, your vocational community, your family community, your friend community, or even if you are gathering with a bunch of strangers and your community is one that occupies the same physical space. Anybody ever find community in line at the food line while you're waiting to check out? Hey, I did yesterday. That was fun. Of course, they let me through. I had like two things and everybody just kept letting me on. I'm like, you are so nice. But we find community in so many different ways and forms in our world, and so it benefits us to sit here and to unpack community. And we began last week by talking about what enters us into community, what brings us in. And we talked about this nature of covenant that calls us to care about community in the first place. This covenant towards and within community embedded in our sacrament that we call communion. I mean, baptism. We're going to do communion later. But we are united in this understanding that Jesus Christ is Lord and his baptism calls us towards the movement of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And the Holy Spirit draws us together to care for one another, to care for those of us who are here again in in this community and in every community that we will experience throughout our lives. And so it teaches us That we are beings who are called to exist within community. We're we're not called to be alone. In fact, a lot of times loneliness can make the journey harder. But we are called to experience God's love and grace and to live it out in all ways of community that we are in. With one another and with creation. And so as we dive into this, I I found comfort, I found guidance, I found spiritual calling through the Revised Common Lectionary. It happens to me every so often. And the epistle passages for these next three weeks really just spoke to me, and I saw within them this understanding, because what we have in front of us, not just in these two passages, but in this entire letter that these two passages we're looking at exist within, is probably, at least I'll say from this pastor's opinion, so those other pastors who are listening to me, don't come at me for this, but it's probably one of the most coherent musings of community that we have in, in the early church in the New Testament, and it comes at the hands of probably one of the most dysfunctional communities of the early church. That is the Corinthian church. And we see here 
in this first letter to the Corinthians that Paul writes, Paul laying out, trying to teach the Corinthians, trying to deal with all these issues. You see, we, the, the interesting thing about these letters from Paul is we only get half of the conversation. We don't, we don't hear the issues. We don't hear what those disciples who are in this community reported to Paul. We only hear Paul's side. But I think that we can see in Paul's side that when we break down each and every issue that Paul begins to address in this entire letter, we can see the way in which they relate back to this manner in which we practice community. If the response we see in 1 Corinthians is any indication, we can see that there were a lot of things that were happening in this Corinthian community. And what Paul is trying to enlighten them as he's trying to address many of the issues is how can you practice community together, right? You know, Paul plants this church in Corinth. And then as Paul does, he goes on to Ephesus and he plants another church, leaving disciples behind to update him on what is happening. But as I mentioned, all of the things that Paul addresses in this letter relate back to the way in which they practice community. I mean, we're in chapter 12. Let's, let's jump ourselves back to chapter 1 real quick because this is how Paul begins this letter. It's not the, this is verse 10. This is part of Paul's initial appeal to the Corinthian community. He says, Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all be in agreement and that there be no division among you, but that you be united in the same mind and same purpose. You see, Paul is encouraging the Corinthian church to unity, to recognize the manner that they can live peacefully in community together, even when you recognize all of the differences that take place within a communal setting. And if we read through the rest of this letter, I encourage you to read through it. Look at this, because these themes come up over and over and over again in this letter. And yet, as we move towards these, fine, these two chapters, chapters 12 and 13, that we're going to look at over the next three weeks, this is really the, the climax, the culmination of this conversation that Paul is addressing. Right? He's gotten to all of these different little specific issues throughout the course of the book, and now Paul is like, okay, but here, here is the ultimate crux of what is happening. And Paul culminates in these two chapters by laying out what it means to be in community. And he offers us three themes. The three themes that we're going to go over in the next three weeks. Paul, Paul calls people to know yourself, to work together, and to love. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about these three themes and unpack these three themes over the next three weeks. And we're going to start today with knowing yourself. And in that, Paul calls us to recognize, again, we are not all the same. And in knowing ourselves, we recognize not just what we bring into community, but what other gifts, but what gifts others bring into the community as well. Now, we'll get to the way that we all work together next week. Again, we'll talk about the body of Christ and how, you know, not all of us are hands and not all of us are feet. And you can't be a hand and a foot because then that gets a little dicey there. But to learn today about ourselves means that we also learn other people too. It's important to learn, the, with, to learn and have the knowledge of diversity and difference that exists within our community as a nature of being part of the one spirit in the one church. 
Right, Paul imparts that right in the right in the beginning, or sorry, in the middle of this passage. There in verses four through seven. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are a variety of services, but the same Lord, and there are a variety of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. And to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. You see, Paul was. Paul's thinking was, we must recognize the nature in which God has given to us spiritual gifts that help us to live into the vision that God offers to each and every one of us and for the community in the kingdom as a whole. Right? These spiritual gifts, they not only play a role in who we are individually, but they play a role into what we can offer the kingdom of God, especially God's kingdom here in as it is embodied in the church. And so they play a role in church, they play a role in life, they play a role in our vocation, our ministry, and our relationships. We have to begin by recognizing what those gifts are. You see, in 2020, um, before the world ended, I entered a leadership cohort. And then the world ended, and we decided we should continue the leadership cohort. And that got interesting. And you would probably think that in a leadership cohort, we would focus on leadership. We would focus on qualities of leadership, of studying leadership styles, of really diving into leadership. But what's the first thing that we did? In fact, our first three sessions, our first three months were spent trying to understand ourselves. To learn about ourselves. I didn't learn about a single leadership style in the first three months. I learned about who is Pastor Andrew. We began by taking personality tests of many different kinds and types. We took spiritual gifts inventories, and we learned about ourselves to unpack the person we were before we could figure out how we could lead. In fact, this is the nature of ministry. We have to know ourselves. We have to know what drives us, what gives us joy. We must know ourselves. And here I'll caution you because we must know ourselves in our own mind's light. That's not knowing ourselves in light of what other people tell us who they think we are. Right? I'm not just looking for someone to tell me who they think I am. I can be in conversation with someone and they can identify something without me, but I need to wrestle with that nature to identify if it's actually part of who I am. We each have to do that deep personal work of knowing and understanding the gifts that God has given us, who we are, what drives us. And you see Paul names some spiritual gifts here in verses 8 through 10. Gifts like like speech, action, teaching. But the thing that Paul wants the Corinthian community to understand is that we all bring something different to the table. And so we have to understand who we are, right? What makes Pastor Andrew, Pastor Andrew? And fun fact, it is not a degree. It is not a bishop laying hands. Yes, that helps with the reverend part. But it's God's gifts that lead me to be the pastor that I am. I mean, as I've learned about myself, as I've taken gifts inventories, personality tests, all manners of self-identification I have learned about myself. 
right? I've found that I'm extroverted. Surprise. I'm outgoing, right? None of this shocks you, does it? None of this. I'm compassionate, or at least I hope to be. I've done spiritual gifts inventory, seeing gifts of teaching, leadership, innovation. For those of you who may be uh, personality test nerds like me, I've done Strength Finders, I've done the Enneagram, I've done Myers-Briggs. I can give you all of that information to tell you about who I am, to basically know and understand that I'm a person, a leader, and a Christian. And to know those qualities sees how I fit into this nature here at Beach Grove or in the church at large. Especially, I think of one of my, I call it my 21st century gift, because it's a spiritual gift that's found nowhere in the Bible. But it's, it's a spiritual gift, and y'all will probably agree when I tell you what it is. And I feel like one of my 21st century spiritual gifts is a deep knowledge of technology and media. Right? Jesus didn't have a laptop. Though I think he'd probably be pretty good, because, you know, he's a carpenter and good with his hands. So you never know. People have to adapt. But our gifts highlight our purpose in community. And they help us to find ways we can help our communities grow or live into its mission or vision. Paul wants each of his listeners in the Corinthian community to know that they have been blessed by God. Each person listening knows that they have a divine purpose, a divine calling, that they have been given a spiritual gift by God to go and to live into who God is calling them to be, to go and to serve in God's kingdom, and to recognize the gifts and graces and qualities that we have is to recognize the very image of God that exists within each of us. And it is to recognize the way that we can live into God's kingdom. Right? Because Paul says, as he unpacks these spiritual gifts, right, he says, to some and then to others. Because we can't be reckless or egotistical and think that that we possess all the gifts. Or even think that we need to have all the gifts. The nature of community is knowing about ourselves and knowing how we can fit into the nature of the community that we serve in, that we live in, that we are a part of, right? And we'll unpack that next week when we talk about the body of Christ, but we can only make the gifts we have better and then find ourselves in a community that can help to support the gifts that we may not have, right? I often talk about it is, I know I have my weaknesses and I know I have what I like to call my growing edges, Right? In weaknesses, I have things that are not, that, that they're just not in the realm of my spiritual gifts. They're not things that, that God has given me gifts to do. However, in growing edges, we recognize the gifts that we have, the gifts that God has given to us, and we recognize the work that we have to do to perfect them, to make them better, to grow and mature in our faith through those gifts and through those manners of serving. And these are the ways that we grow. We grow as individual Christians, and then we grow as community, as we build around all of these spiritual gifts that come in. 
And so what, what are your gifts? What are your strengths? What gives you joy? Who are you? And listen, if, if you need help unpacking that, if you need every personality test that exists on the face of the earth, I've got a binder full of them. Now, we don't need to do them all. Maybe just half. But we can start to unpack and to find who you are. What drives you? What are your passions? Come to me. We can help explore. And if you know your strengths, if you know your gifts, then how can you continue to grow them? Because once we recognize who we are, we can begin to fit the puzzle of our communities we serve in together. But we'll get to that next week. Amen.